Section 6 of Piloting Directions for Gulf of Finland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Garvin. Piloting Directions for the Gulf of Finland by John William Norrie. Section 6. The following extracts are from the observations on the navigation of the Baltic and Gulf of Finland to St. Petersburg, with the customs of the trade, by the commander of a British merchant ship, in the Nautical Magazine, 1841, and will be found useful to a stranger visiting St. Petersburg. So many stories are related in England, by the masters of vessels trading to Russia, of the oppression of the custom house regulations, and tyranny of the various officers in the execution of their duty, that I went to St. Petersburg very much prejudiced against the place and all connected with it. I left it, however, with a very different opinion. I can safely say that in the many countries I have visited, and amongst all the authorities I have been temporarily subjected to, I have never met with more civility and consideration than I did in Russia. I certainly treated everyone I had to do business with in a civil and respectful manner, but I never gave a single rouble as a bribe, the attention, therefore, that I met with did not proceed from interested motives. A great many of the difficulties which are constantly arising to British masters of vessels and the authorities proceed, in my opinion, from both parties being ignorant of the languages. The book of directions, accompanied Norrie's chart of the Gulf, is very good, gives a very excellent account of the shoals, beacons, etc., and contains all that I could say on the subject. One very beneficial alteration ought, however, to be made in lighting the gulf, and I am surprised those navigating it have not already represented the matter to the Russian admiralty. Instead of having two lights on the north end of Hugelan, I think there should only be one, and one placed on the south end of the island, the latter being a much clearer passage, more direct, and not having so many shoals in its vicinity as the north end, especially since a light was established on Rothskar, with a light on the south end of Hoogland, vessels might pass the island in all safety. On coming upwards and approaching the narrows between Sturz Uden and Dolganis, the land is plainly perceived on either side, and the shore clear. Ahead, the Tolbeacon lighthouse will soon be perceived on the lower extremity of the island of Kronstadt, one to four miles distant from Kronstadt, carrying a blue flag at the fore. The guardship must on no account be passed, but the vessel hove to, are anchored, just before she comes abreast of her. Any contraventions of this law, either in going up to or coming down from Kronstadt, subjects the party transgressing to a fine, which is invariably exacted. Having hove to, are anchored, close to the guardship, her boat will soon come alongside to inquire into the health of the crew, etc. The officer, on coming on board, will sign the sound pass, demand the bills of lading in duplicate, which he will enclose in an envelope and seal with his seal, at the same time requesting the master to seal it with his. The master will also sign an acknowledgment of the possession of that of any passenger or other person on board. He must also declare whether there is any powder on board. If so, it must be delivered to the proper officer previous to entering the mole. It must be noticed that duplicate bills of lading are indispensably necessary, but all shipmasters coming to Kronstadt should provide themselves with a third copy, which they will find very useful in expediting the vessels being entered at the custom house. Being cleared by the guardship, the vessel will proceed towards the mole, which is readily distinguished, 
keeping in the channel by observing the flags on either side, and on nearing the entrance to the mole, anchor as near as convenient. The custom-house boat and officers will soon come on board, for the purpose of sealing up the hatchways, which should be previously cleared for that purpose, loose bulkheads, and any place having communication with the hold. All parcels, whether in the bills of lading or not, must be given up to be sealed. The officers will then deliver you a note, containing the number of seals placed on the vessel, and declare her at liberty to be hauled into the mole. This the mate may proceed to do, procuring, when he enters, a pilot to point out the vessel's berth, and to clear the way. It is advisable to cause the carpenter to nail small pieces of board over the seals, to prevent their being injured, as any breaking, or even defacing of them, is visited by a heavy fine. The master must now proceed to the inner guard ship, a small hulk lying inside the mole, and close to the entrance on the left hand. There you must show the sound pass, powder note, and list of crew, quantity of ballast declared, if any, etc. He will then proceed to another hulk, adjoining the one last mentioned, which is used as a sort of branch custom house, and occupied by the officers of customs, answering to our tide surveyors, etc., then the sealed note containing bills of lading, letters, etc., must be given up. The master will then proceed to the office of J. Books, Esquire, Her Britannic Majesty's Vice-Consul, and sole agent for all British vessels trading to cross that, an agent for all the merchants in St. Petersburg receiving or shipping produce in British vessels. I have never been in any country where business is conducted by British merchants in so aristocratic and exclusive a manner as in Russia. On arriving in Kronstadt, the shipmaster must put himself under the hands of one man. The merchants only acknowledge one agent. The stranger has no recourse to any other, no remedy if he feels aggrieved by the agent's conduct. I am not now alluding to the present agent, but to the system on which he acts. On the contrary, Mr. Booker, the present factotum, is a venerable and highly respectable gentleman, who has, for many years, conducted the business in such a manner as to gain almost universal satisfaction. Indeed, I never saw an establishment where business is conducted so systematically or attended to so promptly. Mr. Booker, being also British vice-consul, has his own share of annoyances. Whenever an apprentice is chastised by his master, or a sailor turns lazy, and quarrels with the mate about his grub or his grog, they instantly appeal to Mr. Booker, whose patience, on some occasions, is very severely tried. There he will enter the vessel's name, port, etc., she is also put on a list, as in turn, for a lighter to discharge. Next proceed to the custom house, taking with you the ship's register, list of crew, and if you have it, a third copy of bills of lading, when Mr. B.'s clerk will prepare the declaration, which must be done with care, and information for preparing which had better be obtained before arriving in port. It must contain a list of all stores, provisions, etc., on board, as well as any new or unused clothes, natural or artificial curiosities, etc. Any trifling article, if at all unusual, found on board when the vessel is searched, and not inserted in the declaration, will subject the master to a heavy fine, besides the confiscation of the article. After the lapse of a few hours, the ensign must be hoisted at the main. The officers will then come on board and search the vessel. When this is done, the discharge may be commenced, so soon as a lighter can be procured. The officer on board will remove the seals from the hatchways, previous to discharging, and every day on the discharge being finished, the vessel will be visited by the proper officer, 
who will seal up all again in discharging or loading from lighters where hatchways are sealed up never permit any of the crew to break the seals this must only be done by the proper officer otherwise the vessel will be subject to a heavy fine the vessel being discharged by hoisting the engine at the fore the clearing officer will come on board a strict search is now made the declaration formerly made at the custom house produced and everything on board is expected to correspond with it if there is a greater quantity of wine cigars spirits or other stores on board than the law allows they will be removed to the custom house stores under seal at any future period if a supply is wanted it can without any difficulty be procured by getting an order from the officer in the floating custom house the ship being ready to receive cargo a note will be sent on board by the agent stating that a lighter is arrived her number etc the master or mate will then proceed to the floating custom house and request the docket for the goods called a yearlick which being first entered in a book and that book signed by the receiver is delivered the craft may then go alongside the vessel and when ready to discharge an officer must be procured from the floating custom house to take off the seals from the lighter's hatchway should the cargo come down in a barge or cutter as they are called the yearlick will be procured at the same time as before named and on being taken to the officer stationed at the booms between the vessel and the landing place will be signed by him the craft may then proceed alongside and discharge without further ceremony a few days before the vessel is loaded request the agent to procure this outward pass from st petersburg without this precaution the vessel may be delayed when otherwise ready for sea when loaded take all the yearlicks for the cargo as well as the provision yearlick which will have been procured on arrival from the agent's clerk to enable the vessel's stores to be taken on board and proceed to the floating custom house then a manifest will be made out which when ready will be carried to the agent's office bills of lading must now be signed and the cash account settled with the cash keeper which being done the pass and manifest will be carried to the clerk at the custom house when the trifling duties exacted on the ship's stores being paid in about two hours the pass will be delivered it must then be taken to the floating custom house where its contents are entered in a book thence taken to the inner guard ship and signed by the captain of the port which being done the vessel is at liberty to haul out and proceed to sea on approaching the outer guard ship care must be taken to heave to in time when the pass is signed by the officer sail may be made for elsinore where on arrival the pass bills of lading etc being taken on shore the vessel will soon be cleared for her destination end of section six